Acts chapter 2, verse number 14. Let's stand for the reading of God's Word and prayer for the message and reverence to the man that wrote the book. Looking at after the resurrection tonight, a lot of things took place. And uh, we're going to look at some of those things tonight and go beyond. But basically right here, you're going to have Peter's first sermon in the Word of God. Verse number 14, Acts chapter 2. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Galilee and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as ye suppose. Seeing it is but the third hour of the day. See, them boys had done been accused of being drunk. They was drunk on the Holy Ghost is what the problem was. They was acting strange. Seeing, but it was the third hour of the day. It was 9 o'clock in the morning. He was trying to tell them, look, drunks don't get drunk at 9 o'clock in the morning. They wake to night time is what Peter was saying. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Job. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my Spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above, and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire, and the vapor of smoke. He's speaking of judgment right here. Speaking on the judgment of God. Then the sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood, before that great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Father, we love you. We thank you for the words that Peter's spoken to us tonight. Lord, under inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Lord, we thank you for the sermon delivered here. Lord, we pray that you would be with us tonight as we preach your word. I pray that you'd undergird us with your spirit and power. Lord, I pray that you'd give us clarity of mind. Lord, it was good to see everyone gathered around this altar for prayer just a little while ago. Lord, the wonderful testimonies that's been lifted up, uh, Lord, to you today. And Lord, people bragging on you for your goodness, your mercy, and your grace. Lord, I pray that you would lead us, guide us, direct us tonight as we preach your word. In Jesus' name, we humbly ask and pray. Amen and amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Understand tonight that the stone has already been rolled away. The Lord Jesus Christ had already risen from the dead. They had already had a reunion in the upper room. That experience has already taken place. Boy, I'd like to have been in that upper room when Jesus came through there and the doors wouldn't even open. Amen. I bet that was some good shouting ground. Amen. I like it when He shows up around here and He don't even open the door. He just kind of manifests Himself amongst the people. <laughs> the rejoicing of the disciples has already occurred. We see the reinforcement of the Holy Spirit of God. We see the revival here at Pentecost. And it really sets the stage for the church to be solidly anchored on the rock Himself, Jesus Christ. And it's not to be shaken, and it's not going to be stopped by this world, even though it seems like the world tries to stomp it out. 
I believe the Bible does tell us, upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That tells me, Brother Tony, tonight uh, uh, that hell can give all that he wants to give toward the churches uh, or toward the church. And when I say the church, I'm not talking about just turning point church. I'm talking about the saved church. Those people that are saved. Amen. Uh, Listen, when we go to heaven, we're not going to have free willers over here and the Baptists over here. and We're going to have saved here. It's going to be saved. That's what it's going to be. Uh, God's going to be looking for something in red, uh, uh, something blood-bought, someone redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb. It's not going to be a denominational thing when we get to heaven. Now, don't take me wrong. I'm free will Baptist, born free will Baptist, raised free will Baptist. That's what I is, says the blind man. But I can tell you this. When we get to heaven, don't think you're going to be exalted above anybody else because salvation is for everybody. It doesn't matter what they put on the church sign out front uh, as long as they can put on the top of your life saved or redeemed, you're going to that place called heaven. Amen. Uh, They can pit pot and, you know... Diddle daddle around with a, a doctrine, and doctrine's good. Good biblical doctrine's what we need to stick with. Amen. Uh, and there's some people got it wrong. Some people, I believe, got it right. Uh, uh, but we need to understand your denominational tag's not going to save you tonight. Uh, after the resurrection, I see an excitement uh, of the believing saints. Look at verse number 15 and 16, if you would, tonight. They said, For these are not drunken, as you suppose. Seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. There was some excitement amongst the believing crowd that was there when Peter was preaching this sermon. Uh, They were excited about what God had done. They were excited about the resurrection. They were excited about Pentecost. Uh, They were excited about the moving of the Holy Ghost. Uh, And they were apparently acting strange uh, and out of, some people would say, out of line. They wasn't out of line. They were in line. Because apparently God had done breathed on them. And they were acting a little strange. Well, if you was here during our week of revival, or if you was here the Sunday before revival, or if you was here the Sunday night after revival, Easter Sunday night, you might have thought it got a little strange in here then. But you know what? We are strangers. The Bible says we're strangers, we're sojourners, we're just uh, traveling through, uh, we're just passing by, we're not going to be here very long, uh, so you might as well enjoy what the Lord Jesus Christ has given you and just take it to the bank. Uh, Listen, this will be the quietest world you ever live in. You imagine the shouting that's going on over in that celestial city. Uh, People want to say, oh, well, I'm looking for a church more sedate. That word sedate, we've already learned, almost dead. I don't serve a dead Lord today. I serve one that's alive and well. Amen. Listen, that's it's wonderful to know that God has saved you and is going to keep you out of a devil's hell and put something deep down inside of you that will give you the unction and the fortitude to stand up to raise hands toward glory and worship the true and living God. They were excited about what God was doing. 
I'm excited about what God does here. Amen. I'm excited about what God does anywhere in any particular church. I like to see a great moving of the Holy Spirit of God from time to time. But they were excited and they were believing because they had faith in a person. And that person was not Todd Black. It was not Joe Floyd. It was not David Pearson. It was the Lord Jesus Christ that they had faith in. They not only had faith in that person, but they had forgiveness of all their sin. That'll put make you be excited. Amen. That'll make you uh, shout to heaven and just because God's forgiven you. Listen, we get to miss hell tonight uh, and gain heaven. It's already forever settled. It's settled in my heart. If you're saved, it's settled in your heart. Don't let the devil of this world try to take your joy and rip the joy out from under you. Listen, you take him back to an old-fashioned altar where God saved your soul and he will, he will run the devil the other way, plead the blood of Christ, and he'll give you your shout back. Sometimes we feel like the old devils took our shout. But when he does, you remind him of his future and where he's headed. Amen. You see, he's still roaming free today, but one day he's going to be bound up. He's going to be chained and he's going to be thrown into the bottomless pit. And I thank the Lord Jesus Christ for that. They had faith in a person. They had forgiveness of their sins, but they had fellowship with like-minded saints. They were all acting kind of strange. I'm telling you, strange things happen when... People that ain't never shouted before stands to their feet and holds their arms toward heaven and says, Woo! <laughs> Even if it's that low. And then some uh, shout so loud that you don't know what's going on. But you know what? Just worship the Lord. Amen. Amen. That's what we were put here to do. That's what we were created for in the garden. I see the excitement of the believing saints after the resurrection. We still have something to be excited about tonight. We still have forgiveness from God. We still serve a risen Savior. We still are in the best company there is known to man. We belong to the church of the living God. There's something about that that will get you excited. But then I see the energizing of the blessed spirit. Look at Acts chapter 1, verse number 8. Oh, look at here. But you shall receive power. <laughs> After the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall be witnesses unto them, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and into the uttermost parts of the earth. I'm talking about a life of power, a life with purpose, and a life of praise. All right there, summed up in that verse. You see, a lot of people have that they have these complexes. They won't talk to people about Jesus. Listen, if God's brought you as far as He's brought me, you'll want to tell somebody where God brought you from. You'll want to tell them about what God's done for you in your life. You'll want to tell them about how God's been good to our church. You'll want to tell them about how friendly everybody is and that Jesus loves them. You'll want to tell them that Jesus will save their soul and will put them where they need to be in the family of God and take them and use them for His glory. We can tell people that because of what God's done for us. It'll energize you. Once you get saved and the Holy Ghost comes upon you, it'll energize you to do some things. Amen. 
Yeah, you'll be wanting to tell people about Jesus. Tell them where He's brought you from, where He's taking you to. Tell them about that place you're going to have to avoid uh, called hell. I'm telling you what, it excites me. Amen. Amen. I had a fellow to call me uh, yesterday. He said, Preacher, I might be coming to your church. I said, Now, wait a minute. You're welcome to come, but you better pray. If this is where God wants you, you come. If not, then go where God wants you. Amen? Because if He don't, something will be wrong. Something will be messed up. Amen? And uh, we should all make that a priority of prayer. Having that life of power. Having a life with purpose. The problem is in a lot of places today, and it may be even amongst our own here, uh, people can't find their purpose in life. They can't find their purpose in the ministry. Folks, I'm here to tell you, there's something that everybody can do in the house of God if it's just not but pray. Now listen, I look at the Bradleys tonight and, and, and they've got a lot of things working against them. I look at Brother T.C. tonight, he's got something working against him. Glenn, I look at you, you got something working against you. But you know what? Even when we get in these physical situations that we're in tonight, we can still lift up a prayer toward heaven. Yeah. And I know you do. We feel them each and every day that you pray. We can always pray. And we can always lift up the saints of God that's out there doing the legwork. Amen. I tell you what, it's going to be a big blessing over here. I don't know what God's got in store for that thing. But people's excited about it. Sister said earlier, you're going to take pictures before and after? Sure. We'll take pictures before and after. and Let everybody see what God does over there. All we can do is be willing vessels. Amen. Empty, willing vessels to get things done around the house of God. It'll energize you. That blessed spirit will. But I also see here in the scripture... In Acts chapter 2, look at verse number 36. I see the echoes of the first gospel sermon after the resurrection. Look at verse 36. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. There's the first sermon right there being preached in the Word of God by Peter after the resurrection. Peter stayed with the Scripture. Peter struck hard at sin. And Peter exalted the Savior as God's Son. All right there in those few scriptures. Folks, that's what we need today. Amen. We need to stick with the scripture. We need to strike hard at sin. And we need the Savior exalted as God's Son. Because that's who He is. Uh, uh, Listen, uh, uh, there's no need for us to come in here tonight uh, and do a tiny Tim and tiptoe to the tulips. Uh, We need to trust the living God uh, and give the truth the way it is in the book. uh, And that way we won't have to apologize for nothing uh, when we get to heaven for God to look upon us and say hey you preached the word you listened to the word and you followed it you didn't compromise on sin you didn't compromise with the world and God blessed you for it I just wonder how some of the folks of this world get by with preaching some of the things that they do any of y'all ever heard some of that stuff on TV I can't get it. I'm like, where do they find that at? I'm looking, you know. I believe 
television evangelists. Now, I'm, not, I'm, I'm saying there is some good ones. We know some, Dustin. We know some that are on TV that are good. But there's some that's not good. What do you mean, preacher? You trying to go down on, on them, preacher? Listen, no, I'm trying to tell you the devil's a liar and the truth ain't in him. You can find them wolves in sheep's clothing if you just open your eyes. Just open your eyes. There was one guy on there one day. I was just flipping through the channel. Just happened to be there. And he said, we need you to make a, 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 a seed offering. I was like, a seed offering? He said, yeah, you know, you need a seed offering and you need to go ahead and, and go ahead. Even if you gave $10,000 in the seed offering last year, you need to give another $10,000 in the seed offering this year because your seed in your first offering still laying dormant. I was like, yeah, yeah, boy, I hear you. It's laying dormant. In his bank account, one lady just said. Listen, we better be careful of that kind of stuff. Amen. I'm glad that every bit of the finances that come in and out of this place is an open book to anybody that wants to see it. And if you don't understand it, we sure can't explain it to you. It's there. Uh, You know, and you kind of wonder why Bad Breath Benny Hinn's got this big mansion worth millions and millions and millions of dollars. I'm not saying that God's people shouldn't be blessed that, are, that, that do His work. I mean, I believe they should have nice stuff. I believe they should be taken care of. But boy, sometimes they can have too much for their own good. Yeah. Amen. I ain't got the biggest house, but I ain't got the worst house. I ain't got the best cars. I ain't got the worst cars. I'm just happy with what God gives me and just roll on with it. Amen. Right. Amen. And y'all take good care of us, and I sure do appreciate it tonight. But I'm telling you here, Peter is hitting the nail on the head. He stayed with the Scripture. He spoke about sin, and he's exalting the Son of God as the Savior as the Son of God. But also we're seeing and experiencing here the winning of lost souls. Look here in verse number 41. Acts chapter 2, verse 41. The Bible says, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. They done exactly what the preacher said. And the same day... There were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Peter had a good day. (laughs) Peter preached the word. Preached on sin. Preached on Jesus. Preached straight from the word of God. 3,000 souls got saved. What's wrong with that? Not, Not a thing. It still works today. Amen. It still works today. Just look at the joy. Of the next one that comes through here that is going to be saved, whoever it may be. Look at the joy of the next one saved after those that were being saved here in those 3,000. It is the job of every Christian tonight. I don't like that word job. Let me say this. I'm trying to be analytical, but let me change that word job to duty. I like that word, duty. It is the duty of every Christian to be a soul winner. To throw out the lifeline. You may be the only person that uh, uh, will, will ever be able to reach a particular individual. Some of you know, uh, know the preacher Johnny Bullman. Uh, one of the most well-known evangelists in this area for many, many years. 
preached 50-something revivals a year. I mean, 50 to 52. You know, that's all the weeks there are in a year. But he done that. He, he, would, he would be there to pastor his church and preach on Sunday morning, usually there on Sunday night, but Wednesday night he'd call me to preach. And I told him, I said, Preacher, I can't preach for you. you got seven preachers. And I, yeah, boy, but them, them boys can't preach. <laughs> I said, well, I appreciate that. <laughs> that's what he'd tell us. What he, them boys can't preach. Lucy will tell you, that's what he said. The boys can't preach. I felt real strange preaching in there to seven other preachers that never got the opportunity. <laughs> but we just done what God gave, opened the door for us to do. Uh, I believe it was uh, preacher Johnny that went to a, uh, a man's home. He tried to witness to him about the Lord. And for whatever reason, uh, he went and... Uh, got one of his deacons that day to go with him. And the Lord just told him, you know, go pick up so-and-so and take him with you. And he was new on the job, that deacon was. And he said, preacher, you know, I don't, I'm not too good at talking to people. He said, ah, well, I don't know what God's got planned, but we're going to take you with us anyway. God told me to pick you up. He said, okay, well, I'll go. And this man owned a gas station of some sort and, 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 and was uh, a pretty well off in the community there where he was ministering. And they, they pulled up into his house. He had his beer cans scattered around. and The preacher went in there and said, Hey, buddy, I'm here to tell you about Jesus. I'm here to see if you'll change your mind about what we've talked about earlier, about the Lord Jesus Christ. And that man got real offended. He said, listen here, preacher, you've done been over here. You've done been into my home. You've done been into the uh, my gas station down the road. Uh, I've done told you I don't want no part of God. I don't want to be a Christian. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. That little deacon just sitting there didn't know what to do. Didn't know what to say. He said, all right, buddy, I'm not going to bother you anymore. But we are having revival next week. If you want to come at our church, you come. And uh, you come, bring your wife, your children. He had a wife and three or four little children. He said, y'all come on church if you want to. I'm not going, I'm going to leave you alone. You've done turned me down enough. You've been plumb ugly with me. I'm, I'm not going to mess with you. Good, get out of my house. The man was not receptive at all. And uh, that deacon, before they left, went over to where that man was sitting and he shook his hand and he whispered in his ear and he said, I just want you to know that I love you. That's all he said. And he walked out the door. This was on a Thursday or a Friday. Revival started that Monday. Monday night, that man came and sat in the back of that church about where Glenn's sitting. Not only him, but his wife and his children came too. When They came in a little late, but when invitation was given after the preaching, that man came down to the altar, gave his heart to Jesus Christ and got saved. And the man stood up when the service was over and said, I know y'all know me. I don't know most of y'all, but most of y'all have been by my house and invited me to this church. And I've been so ugly to you. And I've been so rude to you. He said, but something happened to me last Thursday night that's never happened to me before. And he pointed that little deacon out and he said, that boy right there told me that he loved me. 
He said, outside of my wife and kids, that's the only person that's told me, me that they love me in years. And matter of fact, nobody from this church has told me that but him. And he said, that made a difference in my life. And I knew somebody loved me and cared about me that I figured it was important for me to come. And the message pierced my heart, put me under conviction. And I had to get saved. And he did. He come back the next night to revival, brought his wife and kids, and his wife and kids got saved the next night. God's got something for us to do. No matter if you feel like uh, uh, you can't present the gospel message, it might just take the words, T.C., I love you. I love you. I appreciate you. How many times have you told somebody that's rotten as dirt that you loved them? You know, God commands us to love everybody. You might not, listen, somebody will say, well, I love them, but I don't have to like them. Listen, put the likeness aside. You have to love them. And if you're going to love them, you're going to pretty well like them too. Because I believe before you start loving them, you got to like them a little bit. But the Bible says, after the Holy Ghost has come on you, after you get saved, you'll have power to be witnesses. Amen. They, they, they begin to win lost souls. It's a joint effort. And we need to come together and win souls together. It's just not the preacher's responsibility. It's just not the, the church leader's responsibility. It's everybody's responsibility to keep people out of hell. Amen. Then I see the expounding of the Holy Scriptures. Acts chapter 2 and verse 42 the Bible says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. He was preaching with power from the Holy Scriptures. That will get it done. He was practicing before the people a life of a saint. Peter done been down a rough road. Peter done lied to Jesus. Peter done got so aggravated and cussed. Peter doesn't cut the ear off of one of the soldiers. Peter was a rough card. But when Jesus resurrected from the dead, something changed in Peter. Peter it was just like it come to life in old Peter, and Peter was going to get the message out. And when the Holy Ghost breathed upon Peter, it changed him. He knew that a word had to be delivered, and he was the man to deliver it. He was promoting with praise to the Lord and the Savior. He was promoting the Lord with His praise. But then I see the enthronement of the Lordship of the Savior in verse 46 and 47. The carrying on, if you will. Look, 46 and 47. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple. They're not talking about a Buddhist temple and an accord car. They were in one accord, meaning they were all together in harmony, in unity, in the temple, in the church. And breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. They were totally committed to Christ in their time, in their talents, and in their tithes. 
And in their testimony, it was all effective for Christ. You see, it was all to exalt the Lordship of the Savior. And folks, they got the job done at the first church. And folks, it can still be done in the same way that Peter done it in this church. Oh, but do we have the time to give it? We've got time. But are you going to get it? Do we have the talents to give it? Oh, we've got the talents. The thing is, are you going to use it? And we've got the tithes to give. The thing is, are we just going to be obedient and do what the Word of God says and give? But the last thing I want to look at here, and we'll close. After the resurrection, they expected Him back every second. Look at Acts chapter 1, verse 10 and 11. The Bible said, And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as He went up, Behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, You men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up for you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. (laughs) You know what? He's not going to come back with a crown of thorns. He's coming back with a crown of righteousness. He's not going to be carried away on an old rugged cross. He's going to be coming back with the saints of God. The trump of God's going to sound. The eastern sky's going to split. Dead in Christ are going to rise first. Those which are saved and remain will be caught up with them to meet them in the air. Their faith was as real and as warm as the morning sun on a summer day. Their faces were glowing with the glory of God that was in their presence. And their future and our future today is still bright with the blessed hope of His soon return. People don't understand that we're living on borrowed time. I make you a promise today on the authority of God's Word. Jesus is coming soon. Oh, preacher, that's a bold statement. I didn't say when He's coming. I said He's coming soon. I don't believe nobody knows. The Bible says nobody knows. For these folks that put out these dates and stuff like this, you can go ahead and turn them off and throw that paper in the trash too. That don't measure up to the Word of God. Not even the angels in heaven know when He's coming. But aren't you glad he's a long-suffering God? Meaning he tarried long enough to see you saved. (laughs) He tarried long enough to see your family saved. To see your kids grow up. To see some of us that are older get old. Aren't you glad God's allowed us to do that? And to do it together? Huh? Listen, God's got a plan. All of those things, those seven things happen after the resurrection and they still occur today for those that are fundamental in the faith. The thing is, folks, you've got to be careful because there are things out there that's not fundamental in the faith. All right? When you ever got a question about it, look to the first church in the book of Acts and see if it was kosher then. If it was kosher then, it's kosher now. If it wasn't then, I'd dispel it. I'd dispel it because I'm telling you,
Jesus Christ is coming soon. You stand across this building. Musicians come get us a song of invitation. Play a little bit of that, the king is coming. You do that, sister? Praise God, he's coming for me. I wish I knew the words. We'd sing it to you. The king is coming. The king is coming. Praise God, he's coming for me. Song speaks about empty hallways, speaks about when Jesus comes and what those that are going to be left behind. And then that glorious appearing of Christ as he comes to get his children to take us home. I just heard the trumpet sounding. <laughs> and now his face I see. The king is coming. Father, we love you. Thank you most of all for Christ Jesus, Him resurrecting from the dead. Lord, as we know, we've already had altar prayer, but God, we may have someone here today that wants to come back and have a little talk with you. And we know that a little talk with Jesus will make it right. Amen. Lord, we may just want to come give you glory, honor, and praise. Come give you thanks. Help us to be aware and on watch because you can return at any moment. Lord, we thank you for what you're going to do for us. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. And amen.